This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, we're talking through exactly why you should become an author to gain authority and be seen as that expert in your field. Now, in order to be seen as an expert, you first have to have that confidence to get yourself out there. Perhaps you're at that stage where you know you're good at what you do. You know you want to be out there speaking, writing a book, becoming an authority in your field, but there's something holding you back. Well, I want you to know about my confidence course, Confidence to Get Visible, which is currently out there in the world ready for you to sign up to. It's going to be open until the 2nd of March. And if you know that you need more confidence to get visible, to become an author, a speaker, to grow your business, to just make sure that your social media content is brilliant, then make sure you get over to www.annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash confidence. So let's get on with the show. I'm joined today by the co-founder and managing director of Rethink Press and the founder of the Business Book Awards, which are brilliant. She's also author of 12 books, including her latest, A Book of One's Own, and is the UK's most experienced business book mentor. Today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I am joined by Lucy Makara. I'm so excited to bring Lucy Makara onto the show today. We are talking all about why it's important to become an author, to become an authority. So welcome to the show, Lucy. Thank you, Anna. It's lovely to be here. So Lucy and I have a bit of a background story. So we're now kind of both in this entrepreneurial space, helping people carve out their expertise. But we actually met online several years ago. We think perhaps even five years ago when I was working as an audiobook narrator. And Lucy wanted for the very first time one of her books to be narrated. And we were just talking about this off air. Lucy's book, How to Write Your Book Without the Fuss, which is brilliant. And I actually recommend it to people again and again and again, but Lucy wouldn't know that. Actually, it was one of the key components that got me thinking about the fact I wanted to write a book. And I narrated that book for Lucy's company, Rethink Press, for Lucy. So that's when we first met. And what Lucy didn't know was that was one of the first books in the UK that went on the UK end of ACX.com, which is part of Audible, where for the first time, authors and narrators could partner together. And what Lucy didn't know is that I was one of the first, well, I was the first narrator in the UK to be asked to do that for Audible. And Lucy's book was one of the first that went live from the UK side. So there we go. That's a little bit of back okay, history. Yeah, that's so interesting because I never realized that. And for us, it was the first book. I wrote it with my business partner Joe Gregory and it was our our first the book because it was our book we were testing it out for Rethink Press for our other authors. It was really interesting because I tended to do at that point I did a lot of fiction and young adult fiction but my remit had been from ACX that they needed me to get some non-fiction authors as well so it was a different thing to what I was used to doing of course I could do all of the production side of it but it was a different style. I don't think it was the first non-fiction I'd done but it was interesting and so thinking about that journey now it feels like a million years ago for me but just I love that, how people can kind of come in and out of your life. And here we are now. Yes, but it was how we met. So it was I'm how really we glad met. that you did it. Yeah. So the other times that I've come across Lucy is I saw her speak recently at Shah Wasman's 
event back, I think that was possibly about a year ago. So Shah was also on Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I think it was episode 33, if you wanted to go back and have a listen. And I saw Lucy speak there about the importance of creating your own book. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, isn't it, Lucy? About how and why you should absolutely get started. So share with the listeners, Lucy, a little bit of your background and how you are now in this position where you help other people to become authors. Okay, so so my background is I started, I actually started in publishing when I was uh, still at university, which is a very long time ago, but I started publishing, I set up a publishing company for a theatre magazine, strangely enough, and even more strangely, it was in Australia, because I'm not Australian, but I was there, and that's how I, I really got a very solid grounding in publishing, because publishing a monthly magazine is extraordinarily hard work, it's kind of like non-stop as soon as you finish one issue, the next one is, you know, kind of ready to work. So so that was really useful. And then I did, you know, a fair amount of other things. I went into television on both sides of the camera and I worked in um, early work-life balance. And that was actually where I wrote my first book because I was a consultant then and I was asked to write a book. I was actually approached by a publisher to write a book on work-life balance. And what happened to me then was completely unexpected because I didn't think in those terms at that time. But actually, having been the author of a published book on my own subject immediately made me a visible and authoritative expert. So it really catapulted me into a whole different level of work. And then since then, I've actually written another 11 books since then, but that was the absolute starting point. So you say that so casually. (laughs) (laughs) So I've written 12 books is quite a feat. Well, I suppose so, but it just is kind of what I've always done and what I do really. And if I'm not writing a book, I always feel that something's a bit lacking in my life. But anyway, I came back into publishing properly about 10 years ago when I had in fact written another book and it was published by a guy called Joe Gregory, who had a publishing company called Bookshaker. And we realized that actually we lived really close together. We weren't far away at all. And I started working for him first. And then we started up Rethink Press as a separate company with a different business model. And that's where I've been for the, I suppose that's my day job, if you like, for the last 10 years. And I'm also the founder of the Business Book Awards, which I started three years ago. And I am a business book mentor. I think it's probably fair to say I'm probably the most experienced business book mentor in this country because I actually mentor literally hundreds of entrepreneurs every year through planning, writing, and then publishing their books. So that's what I do. That's me. So that's quite a lot in a nutshell. So the way that your company works, that Rethink Press works, obviously you take people on from that point where they're thinking, I kind of want to write a book, but I'm not really sure. And I I want to be known in my field. I want to know what I'm doing. I want people to know that I'm an expert. I want to raise my profile. And you take them from that stage, get their ideas out onto page and then help them through the whole process. That's right. So we were talking a little bit off air about what do you call your company? And the term that you're comfortable with is hybrid publishing. So for the listeners who don't necessarily know what the difference is between hybrid and traditional publishing, just talk through what that looks like. Okay, so there are basically three ways that you can get published these days. The first is traditional publishing, which is the kind of publishing you, uh, you know, has been going for years and years, where the publisher 
invests in the author's book. They offer them a contract to publish their book. Sometimes they pay them an advance on the royalties up front, which is not, by the way, a gift. It's um, it is literally, it's kind of like a bank loan against the royalties they hope the author's book sales are going to make. And then they put their money into getting the book published, the editing, the design, the cover design, all that sort of thing. And then they publish the book and their way of getting the return on their investment is by selling lots of books. Obviously, the more books they sell, the better. They take the lion's share of the royalties and the author gets usually around 10%. So that is traditional publishing. And the kind of authors that traditional publishers are looking for are either already well-known in their field or who clearly have the capacity to sell lots of books because they have a big social media following or they're good at marketing or they do lots of workshops, talks where books can be sold. So that's the kind of author that a traditional publisher is looking for. And if you are an entrepreneur with a company and a niche market that you are talking to, it's kind of shuts you out of that kind of publishing because you're not going to sell probably masses and masses of books and it's not necessarily your aim to do that. So the other end of the scale, what happened when Amazon opened up the publishing market 20 odd years ago is that you could go for self-publishing. And that's where an author becomes a micro publisher, basically. And you can write your book and you can get it. You can find a professional editor and you can find a cover designer and you can find an interior designer. I mean, I think self-publishing is a bit of a misnomer because you cannot publish a book yourself by yourself. And you shouldn't well. because it wouldn't you be good absolutely enough. Shouldn't. It's a, yes. It would be a really big mistake to do that. So you need to find other professionals who will add value to your book, like proper editing. I mean, never, never um, publish a book without a professional editor. Well, interestingly enough, I've just been downloading lots of eBooks and things, doing some research for something I've got up my sleeve for later this year. And the amount of ebooks, particularly, that have not been edited, they've not been grammatically or incorrect, there's punctuation missing, there's spelling mistakes, and then there's that, that sense of copy and flow and that intelligence behind the writing that's really lacking. And I think, actually, that's one of the most important investments you can make if you do decide to go down the self-publishing route. It really does make a big difference. So in terms of what you do then, people come to you with an idea and you help yeah. take them through. And so so what does that mean? So we sit in the middle between traditional publishing and self-publishing, and that's why we call it hybrid publishing. So we do everything a traditional publisher does. We get that we have a team of editors, a team of, you know, tried and tested cover designers and all that sort of thing. We are experts in publishing, which is more complicated than it looks. And I think that's something to bear in mind if you're self-publishing, that it's not as simple as it sometimes appears. And I'm actually going to hold my hands up here and say that having self-published, I decided I wanted to do that because I wanted to get my book out as quickly as possible. And I wanted to have control a certain element of me. I wanted to almost fail fast so that I would learn the mistakes so that I could share it with people. That's part of how my mindset works. However, we absolutely cocked up, or I did, it was my fault, what happened on release week. And the book went out five days before it was supposed to. So that affected all of the campaign. And Lucy's laughing at me now. But it was very tricky. Although I got a professional, what they called, typesetter, 
they hadn't done a good enough job because it went out early. I hadn't even seen a copy. And they are the kinds of things, that's a product that's out there in my name, but that is not the quality product that I would have liked. So I have definitely learned this the hard way. I will never make those mistakes again. But if you want to take my advice, work with someone like Lucy because you will get it right first time. So that's my lesson learned. So hopefully I can pass that all on to you. (laughs) but I wanted the book to be out as quickly as possible and I had a firm deadline and actually I think that's why people would potentially self-publish or go to a hybrid publisher because if you go to a traditional publisher you could be looking at lead times of up to two years and if you want to become an authority that's a long time to wait yeah absolutely so as a hybrid publisher we do what a traditional publisher does but we do it a lot quicker from when we get a manuscript in to when we get books in your hand and up on Amazon it's three months and yes you probably could do it quicker as a self-publisher if you wanted Mm. to but we go through a, a very rigorous process so we say that three months is our minimum pretty much but the other point about hybrid publisher is that the author invests in their own book so while as a self-publisher you do have to pay other people. You also have to use an enormous amount of your own time. And the point of a hybrid publisher is we take that off you. We are the project managers. We are the experts who coordinate the editing, the proofreading, everything we've talked about and getting the book out there. And while we work very closely with our authors who are usually expert entrepreneurs who really want a book, a really good book out there to Mm. represent them and their business. So we want to know exactly how their cover works. We want to know who their market is. And we also have uh, coaching services which start right at the beginning. So planning the book, which is really important. I'm sure you'll agree, Anna, that it's absolutely planning and the structure right before you start writing. And then we have writing coaching services and also ghostwriting, which is actually absolutely fine too, but it's done in a way that the author speaks their book with a professional writer. So they kind of interview them and then turn that into the final written. um, And actually that's more commonly done than we would ever be aware of because they are ghostwriters. You don't know that that's happening. In terms of that planning section, I think you're absolutely right. I actually went to a, hey, well, one, I've narrated your book, how to write a book (laughs) without the fuss. So I already had this real understanding that this is not as simple as I'm going to sit down at my computer and I'm going to whack out a book. I knew that there had to be much more structure and much more thought to it. I also went along to the Hay House Writers Workshop, which I'm sure you've heard of, Lucy, which is I highly recommend, particularly if you're thinking about doing anything in the mindset or perhaps potentially spiritual space. And it really got me thinking about really what I was writing and who it was for. And for their competition, they had this amazing competition, which one person will win a full publishing, what's it called, full publishing prize. And then they have a secondary prize for their self-publishing arm. But what we had to do in order to submit for that was to create this full book proposal. And had I not had sat down for that, I don't think writing my book would have been anywhere near as fluid. I'm not going to say easy (laughs) because it's not easy writing a book. It wouldn't have been anywhere near as fluid because I wouldn't have had the structure in place. And I think that's that your book, How to Write Your Book Without the Fuss, really does help people to do that. It's very, very clear. Well, I hope so. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about then, why does it matter if you're an entrepreneur or you're in the expert field? Why does it matter whether you write a book or not? Okay. So I always say there are five good reasons to write your book. And the first one is for yourself really, and your business. And it's about clarity and confidence. So if you get your book, and especially if it's about the process that you use, how you work, the process that you take your clients through, for example. So planning out your book, 
gives you real clarity on the steps that you take and your knowledge and, you know, just sort of unpacking that. And then writing the book and having 30 to 40,000 words about the whole subject that you are an expert in just really makes you very clear about what you know, about how you came to that knowledge, about telling stories through the book. Case studies are really important in a book, so getting those out and using them to illustrate. And it also gives you a huge amount of confidence. So if you want to speak as well as be an author, just having that archive of content that because you've written it, it's sort of lodged in your head. So, you know, there's always material there to turn into a talk, to turn into a blog post, to write write an article about. And if anybody asks you a question at a workshop or a keynote, you never fail to have the answer because you've already unpacked it and written it in that mental archive. So I think one of the reasons, even if you never publish your book, just to write it is unbelievably good for creating ideas around your business as well. So that's the first reason. The second reason I would sort of characterize as authority and influence. I mean, there is just no question that when you are the author of a published book, the world's perception of you changes. Mm. And that includes your market, your industry. As soon as you've got a book to your name, you simply are the expert. And in some ways, people might never read your book still. But And it know, doesn't just- matter. It almost doesn't matter. No, and that's why it's also really important to have a print version of your book, not just an ebook, because there is something about having a book that you can send in the post to people, hand over to people, that they can flick through and see that you've actually taken the time and have the knowledge to write all that down. It just makes a huge difference. And if people are looking for experts, they will look for authors. Mm. So it just gets your authority and your influence out there. And then reason three is about prospects and clients. It is unbelievable how having a book, your book works as your business development manager in a way that you wouldn't believe. You know, people can keep a business card in their pocket or their wallet forever and never look at it. They can delete an email. They can chuck a brochure in the bin. But nobody is going to throw away a book that either lands on their desk or you give them. And giving books away is actually the way to build your business. You send them out to prospects and clients. I mean, I always say one of the key things to do when you first publish your book is to buy 250 author copies of your book and send one out in the mail every single day for a year. And you will be amazed at the results that come back. People find your book, people recommend your book. I have lots of authors who say, I can actually pinpoint this contract, that contract, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of business that has come to me directly from the book. I'm now making a mental note to go to town (laughs) and buy lots of envelopes. That's brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so that's number three. So we've got... number three. Yep. So number four is speaking and platform. So if you want to build your profile as a speaker of any kind, whether it's within your industry or in the media, you want to get some sort of coverage of you, then again, having your book is the way to do it. Because you know that when people are wheeled out on the media as experts on, they will almost always be introduced as author of 
book on related subject. Mm. That's why people go, Amazon is just amazing. It may have many downsides to it, but it's also, I mean, it is a fantastic search engine. So, you know, people in the media, people in your industry, if they're looking for speakers, if they're looking for people to have an opinion on something, they will go looking on Amazon for authors in your field. So make sure your book has lots of good keywords in the title and subtitle. Make sure it's set up well so that the blurb on Amazon is also full of the keywords that your market and people are going to be searching for. And you will find that people just approach you, but also, you know, you can easily approach them. If there's some great industry conference that you would love to speak at, send them a copy of your book. It's amazing how it really makes a difference. And I bet, Anna, that's happening to you already. It happens a lot. And I've been surprised at how quickly that was happening as well. And what was really interesting, I mean, I did, despite cocking up launch week, I still had a very successful launch. And the amount of people who say, gosh, your book's done well, your book's done well. Now they won't read it. They have No. no intention of ever purchasing it but they know I've got a book that's done quite well. And that's really powerful. Now, what I wanted to say on one of your points there was, it doesn't even have to be TV or radio stations approaching you for media. For me, if I want to interview somebody and it's someone I don't necessarily know, what am I going to look at first? I actually tend to use Amazon to find what are the books that I've read in the last couple of years that I've loved. I'll go there and I'll have a look. What else did they write that might be right for my audience? And that is really powerful. In terms also of giving talks, what I was finding before is I'd give a talk and someone would say to me at the end, I love that. I absolutely love what you were talking about. Where can I find more? And I'd be saying, oh, over on my website. That's not going to cut it. If people like you and are drawn to you, they want something of yours. And so now being able to finish a talk with, if you want to find more, this is the best way to access my work. And knowing that it's going to be around £10, you don't feel that you're asking people to chop off their right arm to pay for your content. And they do then become part of your funnel, part of your world, if they love your work. One of the things I found is it's not even about the book sales. It's about how often that book is mentioned, how often it's recommended, how often your name comes up in conversation as a result of what is in that book. And I think it's really powerful. And I'm so glad I didn't wait. When I narrated Lucy's book all those years ago, I actually had a book in my head, which was similar in terms of getting visible, but within my own industry at the time, within that audio field. And so I'd had these thoughts about it, but it didn't feel like it was the right time. And it didn't feel like I really wanted to stay in that industry anymore. Like the story was too big in it. And so that's a a thing actually I quite like to talk about with you, Lucy. I think you have to be aware that when you write a book, that is what you're going to become known for for a while. And actually doesn't disappear. So you do need to be aware of what you're writing, not just sling out any old thing because you can. No, absolutely. And it's important before you start writing to think about what you want that book to achieve for you. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to do good with their book, to give people great knowledge and help with either their business or their lives or whatever it is. But actually, you need to be really clear about what the book needs to do for you and focus your book directly on how that can be achieved. So for a start, as you say, Anna, the subject matter is really crucial. You need to be very clear that that is the content that you want to get out there and be known for. That is what you can sell. That's what you've got um, higher value products that you can then, you know, step up. People can then step up from reading the book to going, how can I do this? So the point of the book is to tell people what they could do for themselves, but also what you do. And then your ideal client will be the person who reads that book and says, ah, yes, I get the information, but what I want from you is implementation. 
I want you to come and work with me to make this happen. And that's what you need to have in mind while you're writing your book, that you are talking directly to that ideal client who's going to come back to you and say, I want to pay for more because you're so good. And it doesn't mean that, you know, when, when people read the book, they don't know that that's in your mind. They, it's not going to stop a much wider market getting value from your book. But actually, to get the return on your investment, as you say, Anna, mm. it's not about book sales. You're highly unlikely as an entrepreneur author to make your money back on selling books through Amazon or wherever. Because the way you make money back is giving books away and then getting clients and getting talks and all the other things that are much higher value. So your book is the lead in and therefore you have to think really carefully about what you want the book to do for you before you start writing and promoting it. I think you're absolutely right there. One of the things that came into my mind as we were talking is that I've read I've been recently reading a lot of ebooks to do some of my own research for, for, as I said, something up my sleeve. And the amount of some books that are just there as lead magnets and that the content is actually pretty flimsy and how irritating that is as a reader. So yes, you do want it to be a lead in to you, but you also need to make sure that the content is good enough on its own. You can't just have, oh, I'm going to write this book so that people come into my list. I think if you do that, actually you devalue yourself. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, a lot of people say to me, oh, well, how much should I give away? Should I tell everybody what I do? Should I give it away to my competitors and then they could copy me? But actually, that's not what happens. It's not a good idea to write a book where the reader gets the feeling that, oh, they're holding the good stuff back. They're just telling me the kind of, you know, the surface stuff. Actually, give everything away because it then becomes your IP, your intellectual property. You own it by publishing it. Nobody, I mean, somebody else could copy it. But, you know, really, they're not you. That's the whole point. And that isn't their book. They can't sell themselves on the back of your book. So you are giving away everything. But what you are saving that you cannot give away in a book is implementation, is actually working with people to do what you tell them about in the book. So yes, you need to, you know, you really need to have valuable stuff to say. You need to know what you're talking about and you need to be talking to the people who it's useful for. I think, I'm not sure if we got to number five there, Lucy. We got to four, oh, no. which was speaking and platform. <laughs> right. I tell, I, that's what right. I say to everyone before they come on. We're going to have a conversation. It could go in any direction. <laughs> Just be open to it. But if we've got numbers, we really ought to get to the final one. Yeah, what was number absolutely. five, Lisa? So number five is actually pretty undefinable. It's actually what I call book magic. And it will definitely happen, but it's predictable that something amazing will happen, but it's completely unpredictable as to what that thing will be. And it may or may not have happened to you yet, Anna, um, or some of it may have happened. But basically, I get authors who come back. I I think every author who I've published has come back to me at some point, and sometimes it's within six weeks, sometimes within six months, or sometimes it's a couple of years. The conversation basically goes, you'll never guess what's just happened. And then they tell me something and then it ends up and it's all because of the book. I've had one of those moments I'm sure I'd like to share. Oh, yeah. Hey, Dave, in my book, one of the opening, in fact, the opening scene, if you like, is me when I was in my wheelchair. And I'm describing how my husband and I had gone to a fancy dress party. And I was very, very unwell at the time and in pain and very down. And we went to this New Year's Eve party dressed as Lou and Andy from Little Britain. And... um, (laughs) 
what was amazing is that day four after releasing my book, because it did so well in the charts across 20 different categories, Amazon was then promoting my book alongside David Walliams. (laughs) He had two books out for Christmas that were released the same day as mine. Both of his went out the same day. So there was on the front page of Amazon, (laughs) there were two David Walliams books and my book, Get Visible, in the middle. And you, you couldn't write. So we screenshotted it and we sent it to his agent and we've been in touch with him. And you couldn't have, I mean, he's the first person I mentioned in that book other than my husband <laughs> and myself. And you think, how on earth has the world kind of happened in that way? So I thought yeah, I'd share that I one. know that is, that is fantastic. That's such a good story. Um, but, it, you know, it's things like I've met my guru that I've just absolutely kind of worshipped from afar for a long time. And suddenly, because I'm an author, he's come back and emailed me. Or it could be that, you know, you you get to serve on a government committee. I mean, one author came back to me after about six months after his book had been out and said, help, I'm absolutely desperate. I do not know what to do. My book has doubled my business and I've got, I can't cope. What, what a I terrible do? problem. Yeah, terrible. I mean, a bit of a first world problem, but I mean, that's the sort of, um, it, you know, and it could be absolutely anything. And it could be, I mean, it's often speaking gigs somewhere exotic or all expenses paid or, you know, it's usually just extraordinary things that you don't in a million years expect to happen. But, but it doesn't happen if you don't get started. No, exactly. Exactly. So Lucy, I'd like to talk a little bit about your business book awards. They're not your yes. business books, the business no, book no, awards. They're, they're, they're not, but I did kind of get them off the ground. I'm the, uh, the founder. You are the founder. So tell us a little bit about that because many of my listeners may well be published already. Maybe they've Absolutely. got a book in mind for yeah. next year. Definitely. So talk, talk, talk through what that's all about and the timeline for that as well. So, so the business book awards happen once a year. We're now, we're currently on the third set of awards. The first year we got 150 entries. We've got 150 entries in the second year as well. And this last year we thought okay so that's the number we'll get 150 entries and we ended up getting 270 entries this year so that was a bit of a shock to the system but basically I founded it because I really thought that business and self-development books weren't getting recognized for the great professionalism they are now produced with and also the work they do because I really believe that small businesses are really helped a lot and ideas are transmitted and things are in improved by people sharing their knowledge through books. You know, so many people say, oh, I got this idea from this and I'm doing this because so-and-so wrote this book about it. And and I really think that they really... They change lives. They change lives. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought, okay, well, you know, let's give it a try. And I'd thought about it for a few years. And then I found ThinkFest organization who create awards and run events and they are absolutely brilliant. And that was the other kind of part of doing it that I didn't have the ability to do. So to begin with, it was a bit of a kind of, you know, gosh, is anybody going to be interested in this? Is anybody going to submit books? Will the publishing world take it seriously? Mm -hmm. But actually it's been fantastically well supported. So we have around 10 categories of different sorts of business and self-development books. It seems to expand every year as we get more books coming in, different sorts of authors. And we've also been a bit of a campaigning group because the first year we had a fantastic input of entries. We had twice as many entries from men as from women. And we had a a gender, equally split gender-wise judging panel, really, really brilliant and, uh, you know, exceptional judges. But we, the first year we ended up, all our winners were white men. And they were great. They were brilliant authors. Their books were terrific. Nothing against them. Nobody had done They're all there by merit. All there by merit. But 
that just didn't feel right. And obviously people commented. So after that, I went out and did some research. And there is a lot of unconscious bias in both publishing and business against women and women's voices and fewer women. I also did a lot of research with women authors and found that they, I don't know if you feel this too, but it kind of, we are are less confident about putting ourselves out there, about putting the resources into writing a book and the flack that we might get from expressing our opinions. I have to say, getting my book out was one of the most emotional roller coasters I think I've ever been on. I knew I had to do it. I knew I had a big message to share. But I also knew in order to do that, there was a lot of personal issues that were going into the book and my own opinions. And that actually is truly scary because it's not just on a social media post, it's going to disappear and everyone's going to forgotten about. This is something that is there forever in print. And that, that journey, there really was that, I talk a lot about visibility, but I've never experienced that kind of up and down emotion. I wanted to be sick. I was excited. I was high. I was low. It was everything all at once. (laughs) Yes, no, it is. Um, and it does seem to be harder for women. So I've really gone out there and said more women need to write their books because it gives us the authority that sometimes we lack, I mean, both in the eyes of the world and in our own eyes. So the more women who get out there, the better for women in general. So we had a special award last year for an exceptional book by a woman. And last year we did have an appropriate amount of women winners, which was lovely. Again, we had about a third of the entries were from women and we had about a third of the winners were women. So that was excellent. And this year we have, we're promoting diversity more generally. So we have a special award, well, not a special award, but award category for an exceptional book that promotes diversity. So we really feel that we're kind of using the Business Book Awards to campaign for useful and um, important Mm. issues as well. So at the moment, the kind of the timeline is that we are now processing, we've shortlisted last year's entries and we will be having the Business Book Awards event dinner and anybody's welcome to come along and have a brilliant evening. And that's on the 23rd of March when all the awards will be made. And then in September this year, we'll be opening the entries for the 2021 Business Book Awards and they are for any book that is published in the year 2020. So that doesn't have to be a book that is newly published in that year, or does it? Yes, yes, it, it does has have to be to a be, newly yes. published book. That's right, yes. And it has to be published in book form. So it can mm-hmm. be an audio book and a Kindle or whatever as well. But it but has to be in it has to book be an form. actual physical printed book too. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, I wish you lots of luck for that. And I think actually, I think it was much needed in the entrepreneurial business space. So I'm looking forward to watching that grow for the next few years. I didn't make the shortlist. And actually, I was really disappointed. I don't normally get disappointed if I don't win an award or whatever, but I really wanted that one. So I'm going to have to write another book now, Lucy, so that I can enter again. (laughs) Another book this year, for sure. Well, I mean, you can't be too disappointed. I mean, we have 270 entries and you know they were and the entries were amazing I mean you know I looked at that list of who had been nominated and who'd applied and staggering amounts staggering amounts and actually I think the final lists could have been 
any number of those people must be a very hard choice for your team to make. So Yeah, well, luckily I have nothing to do with the judging because obviously <laughs> we think press books are part of that as well. So yes, our judging course. panel is... Um, fair. Yes, absolutely. Free and fair and, and objective. <laughs> but gosh, do they work hard? I mean, you know, we get sort of up to 30 plus books in some categories, fewer in others, but Amazing. you know, it's a lot of work and they do fantastic. They really do fantastically well. Great. So Lucy, to round off then, normally I ask people at the end, what would you say to someone who wants to get more visible? But maybe we need a bit of more of a book slant on this question. So what would you do? What would you recommend to somebody? Or maybe three things you'd recommend to someone who knows they want to stand out as an authority in their field? Okay. Well, I mean, I would say if you want to become more visible, write and publish a book for a start. But I would say make sure that you kind of do due diligence on how you're going to get it done first. I would say get help with the planning stage because the positioning and the planning is absolutely key. And I would say quite possibly work with a coach or a mentor on that stage, if no other. I would say then write your book to very kind of clear specifications, knowing what you want to get out of it. And then whatever way you go, use professionals to get your book created and published. Don't think that you can sort of wing it or cut corners because it just isn't worth it. You will get your investment back in both the time and money you spent on your book by representing you and getting you and your name and your business out there. But if it looks less than professional, it won't be as good for you as it could Yeah. Be. And I'm going to echo that really, because I know that my second edition has to come out much sooner than I would have liked because I wasn't satisfied with the first. And had I I don't know. You learn, don't you? You learn and you progress. But listen to my advice, listen to Lucy's and speak to someone professional before you start. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Lucy. It's been great to chat with you. It's been lovely to talk to you, Anna. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.